0: Welcome to Remodel Your Life. We are shining the light on women thriving in the trades and remodeling their life into something better. Join a female carpenter as she interviews women around the country about the incredible variety of careers and financial opportunities for women in construction and the skilled trades. And now, your host, Camille Finan.
1: Good morning, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've got a really, really interesting woman here who has been such a connector in the industry for women in woodworking. Katie Thompson is here. Um, Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank
2: you for having me.
1: Yeah, you have really kind of made it your life's work as a side project to collaborate with a lot of women and really share a lot of things that you've learned about the industry. And you have this amazing newsletter and these amazing uh, Wednesday Lives that you do on IGTV. Can you sort of talk about all the things that you do right now that really brings a lot of people together and, um, you know, just give, give us a little bit of background on the newsletter that you have?
2: Absolutely. So Women of Woodworking, um, it's it started out as just kind of a blog series, and it has grown into, you know, a monthly newsletter, weekly live interviews on Instagram, and also other monthly meetings, uh, you know, virtually now that we are in the, in the pandemic. But um, I really focus on sharing the stories, the events, and the work of women, non-binary, and trans craftspeople. So any way that I can do that and support more woodworkers coming into the craft, furthering their education, and just enjoying it and having a space where women can feel uh, safe to talk about topics that might not be mainstream general woodworking topics that you'll find in in other magazines or on blogs. So really kind of creating our own little uh, corner of the internet here, our own little space.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, I know you guys have a monthly meetup that you have collaborated with the Furniture Society. Can you kind of give us a little bit of the excitement of that? Like how how does that happen? Um, you know, how does it actually work, and and maybe an example of some of the topics that you guys go into with that.
2: Absolutely, we just started. We had our first meetings uh, this past month in February, and they were just really quick, kind of intro meetings. But we could tell from the energy that we really had something special there. So the furniture society and I back at the beginning of the year decided to partner to offer this again, just as a way for women to be able to connect uh, virtually see people face to face and, and have discussions, share work, you know, things they're working on, share tips, advice, things like that. And the great thing is, is we're able to really put, the topics, even down to what date and time we're going to meet, really belongs to the members. So we rely off of, right right now, a lot of surveys to get that feedback and uh, move forward. So some of the topics that I I know we'll be addressing, you know, a a huge topic that uh, comes up a lot with my readers and viewers and one that uh, I know we have talked about is especially balancing Work-life balance as a maker, woodworker, furniture maker, what have you. Um, the group is open to to all craftspeople. You don't just have to be a woodworker or furniture maker. You can be adjacent. So, uh, but you know, motherhood, uh, marriage, all you know. Again, back to that. How do you balance a personal life yeah. and be an artist or a small business owner? That's a topic that comes up uh, a, a lot. Um, also topics around diversity and inclusion uh, and um, just to give an example of some of the topics that have come up in my discussions you know everything from uh, workflow to issues with sexual harassment to um, business advice. So it's it's the meetings are going to be a great place whether you're into woodworking or furniture making whether you are a maker or you're just an appreciator even if you're just, creative or a small business owner or interested in those topics, it's going to be a really interesting and lively group. We started off with a group about 30 that we um, initially kind of were like, hey, let's let's get together and do this. And now the list is well over, you know, in the hundreds. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited for what's ahead for that and just providing a platform for for women to talk about what they want to talk about.
1: Wow, that sounds amazing. I know, you know, I'm now gonna be 52, but you know, when I was in my 20s and 30s and building my business, and you know, my husband and I had lots of issues, right? It was really hard on our marriage because it's it's a really demanding job. And that would have been an amazing place for me to go and be able to sort of talk about that stuff because you know, honestly, I didn't really have anybody to talk to. Um you know what other wives would understand <laughs> what I was ta- what I was you know <laughs> experiencing. So um I love that you guys are doing that. And um I think it's it's such a great place, especially with you know the workplace harassment that still goes on. Right. I get lots of calls myself about women asking about that. So I'm definitely going to be directing them, you know, over to that group. Uh, I think it's great what you're doing there. Um can you also tell us a little bit about like, what kinds of things do you highlight in the newsletter that makes this such a special kind of insider thing where people can really learn a lot of stuff?
2: Absolutely. So the newsletter, I spend a lot of time combing through you know, social media pages, different calendars, seeing what's out there, who's teaching what. And I, of course, put special emphasis on courses that are geared towards women or for women or taught by women. So it's also kind of a way for me to celebrate and uh, amplify the message of some of these educators. That's something that I really enjoy doing out of it to hopefully Get them students and just share the message hey there's women out there teaching so um, the newsletter it starts off with kind of a roundup of all of the content that i offer whether it's a, an interview uh, in a magazine um, or my instagram lives kind of everything is compiled there um, then i'll you know include the calendar of highlights of what's happening in the community upcoming shows events awards people have gotten And then beyond that, I'm really wanting to start focusing on original, unique content, whether it be written uh, interviews. I've done a couple of video interviews. I've also had some makers come up with some original content that they would like to share as, you know, kind of little tips and tricks and things like that, that they've found along the way, or just, you know, some little hack they found you know to make their shop more sustainable or to to reuse materials more efficiently. Um, those are just some of the topics that women have reached out to me and I've had discussions with. so being able to include that original content and then also some extras and mm-hmm. um, hopefully offer some discounts, um, do some some giveaways and some fun things like that. but I really want to turn that into kind of women of woodworking's home base. You know, I have all these different ways that I create content and engage with the community. That's really going to start being kind of ground zero for where it's all going to be connected. You can see Mm -hmm. not only what I'm doing, but what's happening in the larger community. And then also it's going to provide me an opportunity to share the stories that are really important to me and the community. You know, one thing being a writer it's wonderful when you have an editor that says, hey, here's this story. Do you mind writing it? You know, to me, I'm like, sure. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I tend to work very well, you know, finding editors that uh, topics that I can, can write on. But sometimes you find a story and you just you have to share it. But you can't find a home for it. You can pitch right. it. Um, and, you know, I, I've tried different things. I've tried my blog. I've tried Medium. Uh, but I, I I think having it in the newsletter is going to be a way to make sure it directly lands into people's inboxes and uh, give me a lot more control over the stories that, that I share. Uh, I have a special interest in not just, you know, woodworkers here in the United States. I feature woodworkers from all around the world. I have profiled woodworkers from Australia to Brazil to the UK and, you know, current media is very limited to the country it's produced in. And so I view this as a way to really uh, establish an international platform for women woodworkers to be able to connect and share their stories.
1: Yeah, I love that aspect of it because you're right. Until we had like Instagram, none of us really knew what each other was doing, right? You had to be sort of inside of, I mean, you guys were in a furniture group. So, you know, you kind of tended to know, what other people were doing in general, but you didn't see it like you see it now, right? And for me in kitchens, I never saw what anybody else was doing. So, um, you know, it can be really isolating and lonely. And now you get to see all these other people and it's so inspiring. And um, I, I love that you are you have this whole international aspect of it. Um, I just think it's going to make women even better, <laughs> right? You're just learning <laughs> faster and seeing what, other, what the potential is. So I think that's... Um, really cool. And so you mentioned writing. So take me back to kind of how this whole thing got started, right? I know you, you call yourself a writer. So clearly you're a woodworker, but you also, it seems like you consider yourself a writer first. So sort of take me back to how this all started, how you got into woodworking, um, you know, a little bit of your, of your background for us.
2: Sure. Um, I, you're right. I have always been a writer. Uh, and so that's, mainly what I identify as, even though sometimes I want to pretend, <laughs> you know, like I just want to kind of throw everything in the trash and be like, I'm done, I'm done. A uh, typical writer's attitude. But no, I've been writing ever since I was a kid. I'm just, that was always how I expressed myself, whether it was poetry and then in high school and things like that, I did a lot of sports reporting and, um, got a little disenchanted with journalism and wasn't really sure which direction I wanted to go to. So I, uh, you know, I majored in communications in college because I had, you know, a strong interest in media. I also growing up, you know, had dreams of being a radio DJ. So I always had, (laughs) you know, I love to talk to people, to share interviews and stories. And, um, but writing is just one thing that has, has never, you know, never really left me. And honestly, it's what people really seem to resonate with um, out of all the things I create. So I I can't really deny that. And (laughs) so uh, in college, I was working for the city of Charleston, doing a lot of arts management and nonprofit work. And I really enjoyed it, but still needed that creative aspect. So um, I actually was running a farmer's market for the city and met my husband, who was a fine furniture maker and a vendor there. And you know, it it just I don't know, it was just meant to be. I think it just clicked and um started working together with him, doing some marketing. You know, when I met him, he didn't have a website. He had, you know, an email address and business cards. So I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got some work to do here. So um, you know, eventually we got married, but um I started working with him and his business and learning from him. It was probably a good five years and I kind of struggled creatively. I loved furniture making and design. I knew that I wanted to explore a lot of other things. I also knew that with my own personal health challenges, that furniture making wasn't going to be my thing and and um, that I was gonna have to find a different way of being a part of this community. So uh, after working for about five years, i we decided to start our family, and I took a break from the shop and, and everything and, um, sort of working on my children's woodworking book. So I started doing that. And at the same time, I needed something else to, um, kind of supplement my, my writing itch, you know, doing some freelance things. So I, I saw these women that were out there doing these amazing, amazing things in our community, uh, woodworking community, uh, particularly Sarah marriage from a workshop of our own. And that was really when Instagram, when we were all really starting to connect with each other and say, Oh my gosh, like there are all these other women woodworkers out there and, you know, they're all over the world and they're making fantastic work. And I thought, you know, I, these are stories I want to share. So it really started as just like a fun side thing for me to do, in between freelance work and um, I've, you know, eventually got more into the the PR type of work um, as we were having children and things like that. So um, that was how the women of woodworking project started. And for years it was just me finding um, a woman woodworker, you know, non-binary or trans woodworker with, you know, an interesting story or an interesting technique or, you know, from some somewhere else in the world, you know, a different culture, and just sharing them on my blog and on my Instagram. And it's just grown and grown and grown. And then of course, now that the um, pandemic has, has hit and everyone is, you know, at home and and working virtually, it's just grown even more. I started, you know, thinking, Hey, I I would love to do some, some, you know, spoken interviews, some live interviews. So I just hopped on Instagram live one night and was like, all right, let's see who comes and hangs out. And mm-hmm. I mean, um, I, that night Mary may hopped on and I thought, okay, if, if Mary <laughs> thinks this, if she thinks this is a good idea, then obviously I have something there. And, um, it, it was a little tough at first. You're like, all right, I'm just sitting here talking into the void, hoping, hoping somebody sees this and also kind of being a little, um, you know, gosh, I, I really do hope somebody t- tunes into this because like, I really enjoyed yeah. it, and I think people have just connected with that. I'm that enthusiasm; they connect with the guest enthusiasm, and um, so now whenever I put the call out, it's just incredible the response that I get to to book people out, and um, it's it's just been a very wonderful thing. So that you know has kind of been the progression of, of how things have worked with the project, you know, where I'd like to go in the future with it. Um, I'm starting to get a little bit better idea of that, but it really just started out with me wanting to share a story.
1: Oh, I love that. What a great history. Um, what's your, like, what's your favorite thing to work with, with wood? Like, what do you, even if you don't maybe do it now, but like, what's sort of one of the favorite, your favorite things about, about building and, and stuff like that?
2: Absolutely. Um, and there are still, you know, some things I can do. I shifted towards actually taking scraps from the furniture and making jewelry in about 2013. I started doing that. And Mm. probably my favorite thing is, is working with the material, um, working on some historic projects and, and doing some custom work and things like that. It's the story again Mm -hmm. behind, behind the wood and, and what it means and what it represents and where we live in a very rural South Carolina in the middle of a swamp. Um, we live near a lake called Lake Marion that was man-made. Um, but there was a logging town essentially that was flooded and um they, you know, tied all the logs down with these metal straps and chains, and you know, hmm. after 80, 80, 70, 80 years, you know, they wear out. And so now we get these beautiful, you know, sunken cypress logs, things like that that just kind of wash up onto our beach. And so the, just how giving nature is naturally, Mm -hmm. um, really inspires me. I I have to say technique wise, I really like steam bending. I've done a lot of that and would like actually to continue to do that because that's, that's something given my, given my strength limitations that I, I can still do. And, um, I'm, I'm lucky that my husband, Joseph entertains my crazy ideas sometimes and and helps me out. So, um, so yeah, you, you, you were telling me a story about,
1: um, some stuff I think you did with the university of South Carolina, maybe where you, they had a big project there. They have like a center piece of the, of the school. And there's like this whole interesting background behind that and how you built a bunch of stuff out of that. Can you tell me that story again?
2: Absolutely. It is um, College of Charleston, which is where I, I went to, to college. And um, where when I talk about my early artistic years and being confused, like that's where I was. It was at College of Charleston, kind of um, kicking it around Charleston, figuring out myself. And um, it's a very historic campus, very beautiful. Lots of, of movies have been filmed there. And uh, there's this central place on campus called the cistern, and it actually, at one point in colonial times, was the town cistern that held all the water in. But now it's it's since been filled in, and it's very special to uh, College of Charleston, uh, particularly students you, you know, spend your first day kind of walking across there, signing a pledge. And then when you graduate, that's actually where they hold, um, springtime graduation. So it's, it's very near and in, in dear and it's just gorgeous. These draping oaks, you know, that are, you know, hundreds of years old. It's just, it's beautiful. And uh, a few years ago they had one of those oaks fall and unfortunately it had uh, gotten some sort of fungus, some sort of disease, um, and been weakened and we had had several storms. So, Um, they had, you know, the idea of, you know, well, we have this tree, we don't want to get rid of it because it's so personal, you know, to us, you know, what can we do with it? And actually a colleague of mine who was also an alumni reached out and kind of connected me with, uh, the alumni association there. And, uh, we came up with, I designed, I think it was five or six items, um, out of, out of wood. Um, we did jewelry, we did, you know, earrings and necklace, and then for men we had cufflinks, and then we also had um a bottle opener and uh oyster knife. So there was a, a wide variety of things, and it was just very, very Charleston, and the wood ended up being absolutely gorgeous. And so um came up with this collection, the Alumni Association um sold it to uh, generate alumni programs and also student scholarships so that is probably my favorite project to date that I've worked on just not just because I'm an alumni but because just the whole thing was just so personal to me and um, spending my early years there and being able to kind of honor that time that I spent there through that and then also I got to hear some amazing stories of people you know Couples that were getting married that you know met at the College of Charleston and exchanging these things as their wedding presents, you know, being able to be a part of those stories, um, that was just really, really wonderful and um, very grateful to the College of Charleston for giving me such a you know a, an honor to work with the that wood and um, you know we, I think we still have a little bit of it left actually. Um, so who, who knows, but, um, we weren't really sure because, you know, the tree being diseased, what, what could we do with it? And we just, they let me put my brain to it. And this is, you know, I, I just came up with, uh, actually the idea the cistern is an oval shape. So there's a lot of oval theme throughout the collection to represent that, that symbol. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. I love that. (laughs) Well, I love that you still found a way. (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> a creative person always finds a way to somehow be creative right um right, right. so that's great well i i love every all the stuff you're doing i'm not quite sure how you're managing to do it all with two young children but <laughs> um but i think it's fabulous that you're bringing all these people together and and i love the inclusivity part of that i think the industry really needs to embrace that and do more of that right so i love that you're making that a, an emphasis of what you're doing and um i'm just gonna invite everybody to get on your newsletter um and get all these goodies that she's got on the inside right and yes. you know and share stuff with katie if you've got something you're struggling with or something you're proud of something you want the world to see um you know share it with her right so that we can get get your stuff out there people so i Um, Katie, thank you so much. And I know you're going to come back, you're, you're working on a lot of other projects kind of behind the scenes and you can come back on the show and tell us all about that as well. Um, but how can people kind of get in touch with you? How can they come on your IG lives with you and how can they sign up? What's the best way to get in touch with you?
2: Sure. Um, social media is great. I'm on Instagram and, uh, I have a Facebook page that's, um, at women of woodworking, So you can connect with me there. Uh, My email is womenofwoodworking at Gmail. And my website is actually that hosts the site that hosts the landing page for the project. It's ktthompson.com. And you'll find a link to women of working there in the top bar. But um, I just encourage everyone to use uh, the hashtag women of woodworking or really just to reach out to me. I, I love and thank you for saying that because sometimes there's so many things I'm trying my hardest to search through and, and, and find, find new things, find interesting things, but really, um, get get in touch with me. Don't be afraid to pitch yourself. I know that's really hard for a lot of artists mm-hmm. and creative people to do, but I I'm here to help. I, I, you know, like I, I'm not, I'm here to just help spread your message and share your story. I, I know sometimes it's hard to believe that, but um, I really want this to be uh, the community's media, and have it be the media that is for them, by them, reflective of what they are, who they are, what they are interested in, um, and it, it, it takes their support and their engagement. And I'm so appreciative for everyone that has supported over the years, and I'm I'm really excited for what's ahead.
1: That's awesome. Well, and she also has some merchandise ladies. So go and get her super cute hats, right. And t-shirts. Um, they're really cute. She has a, um, a chisel on it is, is sort of the logo and, um, you know, wear that thing proudly ladies on your job sites.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. I'm wearing my, uh, my husband's baseball hat here right now. I've, I've, hijacked it from and was like, Oh, I need this to take pictures. And now it's like, (laughs) Oh, I think I'm just going to keep this. (laughs) Nice,
1: (laughs) Awesome. Well, we will be excited to have you back maybe in summertime and see what good stuff you're up to then.
2: That'd be great. Thank you so much, Camille.
1: for listening to Remodel Your Life. I sure have enjoyed being with you today. And if you really like our show, we'd love it if you would subscribe through iTunes. You can always send us feedback through email at Camille at com. And I'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Remodel Your Life podcast. This episode has ended, but your remodeling journey can continue. Head over to RemodelYourLifePodcast.com to access all the resources, tools, and links mentioned in this episode. Until next time, get your hands dirty and create the life you want from the foundation up.
1: And thanks again to Blue Apron. I just love cooking with them and so appreciate their support of my show.